1029 The Hog presents another Bob and Brian podcast. This Bob and Brian On Demand is brought to you by Marcus Theaters. There's a big difference between watching a movie and getting lost in one. Find out what Marcus Theaters means by getting tickets to a hot new release at MarcusTheaters.com. Wouldn't be Friday. We didn't have our music guy, Gary Graff. Good morning, Gary. How are you? All right. How are you guys doing? We're good. Are you enjoying summer in Michigan so far? You know, it's funny. We had a we had a tailback into spring this week. Rain and cooler temperatures. Yeah, yeah. it's cold. So, you yeah. know, I'll complain about that now. And then when it's <laughs> like ninety and humid, I'll complain about that too. That's coming uh, this week around here. We're going to go from like sixty-seven to ninety-five overnight. Ooh, yeah. I haven't looked that far ahead yet. I'm I'm trying to to grow grow a new lawn here, so <laughs> it's nice, you know. The rain the rain is welcome. Yeah, yeah, the rain is welcome. Yeah, yeah, you can do all right. It's all about soil temperature, Gary, and germination. Yep, all that stuff that I know nothing about. All right, let's talk about the uh, story that is rocking the music world. Britney's getting married yesterday, and the police had to be called. They did because her <laughs> first ex husband, Jason Alexander, not that Jason Alexander. Uh, he crashed the wedding. He came in, not the wedding itself, but he came in on the grounds, and he was actually Instagramming live. So it <laughs> was he, a, it was just a stunt. He's trying to be it was a stunt, right? Trying yeah. to be relevant or get uh, get, his, uh, get his get his attention. Get his get his what is it on the TV commercial? Get his tens and tens of followers. Oh, uh, right. Yeah. Hashtag challenge, man. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Tens and tens of views. And tens and tens of uh, likes. Do we have any and idea how many views he got? Tens have, and tens, hundreds and not, hundreds. Have not seen that. I'm sure there were a few. I mean, you know, he's still kind of a, through his association with Britney, however brief it was. He is a, uh, you know, he's still a figure out there, and people know and follow him, thinking he might know something. But they don't know and follow him for anything he's done, like a movie or a new oh, album no. or no, his no, great no. thinking. No, they follow him because he's a clown. There's probably a few Broadway fans who follow him thinking they're following that Jason Alexander. <laughs> but, yeah, and then wondering who the hell is this guy. Yeah, why did but George they, they, crash Britney's wedding? But I guess, you know, some fans alerted Britney's assistant who alert, alerted the police, and they came and they ushered Mr. Alexander off the property. So he got what he wanted out of it, right? Yeah, he got his attention. You know, it'll be a misdemeanor. It'll be a slap on the wrist. He's not going to do jail time for this. And even no. Brittany, even Brittany didn't tweet or Instagram or anything about it. Right, because that would have given him what he wanted exactly. if she does that. But he ruined her special third, her third special day. Her third special <laughs> day. I don't, I don't know if ruin is the right term, but he definitely. <laughs> Put, put something of a damper on it. Hopefully and, he won't show up on her fourth special day. Well, we'll see, won't so, we? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, only about 60 people uh, were invited to that. Uh, the only family member was her brother, and then she had some folks like uh, Madonna, Selena Gomez, Drew Barrymore, Paris Hilton, a few folks like that. And Brittany wore Versace, I'm sure. I knew I knew you that was going to be your next question. <laughs> My next question was going to be, are... are uh, Selena Gomez and Paris Hilton, are they really friends, or are you just, you know, you got to you know, have friends, some star power at your wedding? Friends in that world is kind of, is, is really a relative term. Oh. So. All right, well. They knew her well enough to be invited. Gene yeah. Simmons uh, says that Ace and Peter 
both passed on uh, the opportunity to guest during uh, Kiss's uh, farewell during tour. Farewell tour, yeah. Yeah, they both said no. Yeah, so he was talking to Classic Rock Magazine over in the UK, and he said that he, he Gene said, you know, and whenever you say something like Gene said, you understand what you're saying, but he was saying that he hoped that Ace and Peter would do it, but they didn't, you know. They And, and from, from conversations I've had with Paul uh, throughout the last couple of years, what I'm betting is they they wanted money. You know, they wanted they wanted either to be paid or to be paid too much to be part of it. That's Gene why they is wanted, not going to overpay for a Gene, couple Gene of guys not overpay anybody. who used Neither to be Paul, in the band. Yeah. So I guess, you know, Paul, Paul's comment was that if their requests or demands were realistic and not disruptive to the overall spirit of the tour. So, What do you think I, Gene was willing to pay per show for if, know, if they know, wanted to come in? I, that I don't know. I mean, you know, would, would it surprise me if he wanted to give them 50 cents? No. <laughs> would it surprise me if he, if he was going to throw them 1000 bucks? No either. Yeah. You know? Yeah, he couldn't possibly, as a man who, you know respects and loves money himself, he wouldn't expect others to do things for free. Never. Right, so Never. it's so. a transaction. <laughs> yeah, the other but big he considers story. them labor, not his equals, I think. I, think I, uh, he considers I understand, understand that. that they but... would be special guests, and, and the idea is that Kiss is doing them the favor, not vice versa. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't necessarily disagree with that, but even... Peter and Ace have a number that they're not going to, I'm not going to show up for less than that. It's insulting. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully by the final, final show, they'll work it out. Cause it would be a shame if that very last show happens and they're not part of it. Where is that very last show? The only thing we know is it's going to be somewhere in the New York area because that's where the band was formed. Okay, did he tell him you don't have to do anything? We're lip syncing this whole yeah, tour. Isn't that isn't this funny. Uh, so, so yeah, this surfaced online just the other day uh, from a from a performance in Belgium. Uh, video of basically what happened was they were playing Detroit Rock City. Eric Singer, the drummer, missed a clue, Mister Q, that threw things off, and you can see in this footage there's Paul Stanley. And then there's Paul Stanley's voice, but the Paul Stanley you're looking at is not singing. Well, mm. let's go through famous You Were Caught lip syncings. There was Millie Vanilli, where, you know, they were their whole career was a sham, right. but they had things go wrong before that. Uh, then you had, uh, what Simpson was it? Ashley Simpson on Saturday Night Live, where she that. was lip syncing the wrong words and just skipped off stage. Like, yeah, busted. Any right. others? Well, Brittany, you know, Brittany has been busted for lip syncing. Electric right. Light Orchestra back in the seventies um, got busted. You know, there have been a. But been... Electric Light Orchestra, when they were busted, they were adding instruments. They weren't. Isn't that what the the thing was in Michigan when they were cracked? Yeah, no, the vocals too. I mean, oh, okay. it's, you know, the the promoter contended that the whole show was on tape. Yeah, and Ashley so. Simpson and Brittany and the others who have been lip syncing, they've at least been lip syncing their own their efforts. Well, Millie Vanilli was just yeah. a total sham. Right, yeah, yeah, they were completely, but I guess, you know, so so Kiss has taken a little heat for this, especially because Gene in particular has been out there a lot talking, you know, slamming bands that lip sync yeah. or, or augment their sound. And Nikki Six from Motley Crue, 
you know, he took to Twitter and he didn't mention Kiss, but he did. He did talk about a certain band that's out on the road now, putting other bands down and saying they're a real <laughs> rock and roll band, and basically saying those who live in glass houses shouldn't throw stones. <laughs> so Gene, hashtag, hashtag get off my lawn. Gene you? really opened himself up to a little bit of criticism here, you didn't be he? Care, yeah, yeah. Sometimes you do have to, you do have to be careful. Now, is this is this little revelation going to stop anybody from going to see Kiss? Absolutely not. Yeah, the Kiss Army, they're, uh, they're, yeah, they're pretty wanna, loyal. People want to see them, whether they're lip-syncing, whether they're playing live, whether it's a mix of the two. It's still a fun show. All right. What'd you, what'd you talk to Sammy Hagar about? Uh, he's just He's got some shows coming up uh, this summer, so got to talking to him about that. And, of course, the conversation turned to the supposed Van Halen reunion tribute, whatever you want to call it. And Sammy was pretty dismissive. We've talked about this the last few weeks, but Sammy was pretty dismissive, you know, about the whole thing. He said that he had been approached by Irving Azoff, who was, you know, uh, Van Halen's last manager, about possibly putting something like that together. I'm beginning then, to feel like we're the only three people who weren't approached about doing this Van Halen it thing. It well, no, you didn't get your call. No, oh, so we're the oh, only two, right? Cause, okay, no, yeah, never mind. Um, but. He, but, yeah, so, you know, Sammy, though, he said, you know, he did take some umbrage about the whole thing that went down with Jason Newstead, the former bass player of Metallica, who was the one who started this whole thing, saying he'd been talking to Alex Van Halen and management about maybe doing this tribute thing. And, and Sammy was very, you know, who's very much in Michael Anthony's corner is like, why was anybody talking to Jason Newstead when Michael is Anthony is alive and here and ready to do it? He said, he said that's the insulting part. But, you know, he, he kind of said it's all going to be down to Alex Van Halen and that if Alex, you know, called him to meeting Sammy and was interested in doing something, you know, maybe maybe they would talk about it. I mean, right now it sounds like David Lee Roth is the choice if something like that is going to happen, and that's a big if. Okay, we all know that David Lee Roth can no longer sing. You've been on that train for some time, right? That's, uh, yes. Sammy can still sing, right? Sammy's, Sammy can still sing great. Does he take care of his – I mean, how does he take yeah, care he of it? He has he to take the, care of his voice to guy, do that. You know, so in, Sammy's one of the guys who, at least he contends, he was blessed with really good genes, so, you know, to maintain a strong voice. But the smart singers, whether it's James Hetfield from Metallica or Corey Taylor, you know, from Slipknot, even even those kind of younger, you know, heavier, you would think devil would – literally devil would care – uh, singers, they have voice coaches, they have lessons, they have warm-up tapes. But they never they talk about that. They just Some We assume do. they just step out and sing. Right. Some of them do. They have to be asked the question. But, you know, more more singers than you would think, and in this day and age, more singers than not have some sort of training or some sort of formal warm-up they're doing. And good for them. I mean, this is, you know, it's, it's it often gets uh, compared to being like an athlete, and it's a muscle. I heard Faith Hill talk about this. She was the first person I heard talk about, well, I have to take care of my voice. And that yeah. meant, she said that means doing less interviews, getting to bed early, mm-hmm. uh, dressing correctly when I'm in a cold climate, yep. all that stuff. Air, you know, limiting the air conditioning, things yeah. like that. Mm. And, and like I said, if you're backstage before some of these shows, you hear these unholy noises. You wouldn't even describe it as gargling. <laughs> but it's like something something from like some ancient culture uh, coming from out of these dressing rooms. But that's them doing the warm-up tape and whatever their vocal coach has them doing to kind of stretch and warm and tone their vocal cords before they go out and sing. 
you know, and other, other technology has helped. You see a lot of, you know, most of the artists now are wearing these in-ear monitors, so they're not screaming over stage sound, but they can hear, you know, very clearly in their ears, and they know, you know, and they also know they don't have to sing louder than is necessary, and they don't need to push themselves harder than they have to. I've heard Pat Benatar talk about not only does she have to take care of her, vo- her voice, and we don't think about this when we think about our favorite singers, she goes to an ear, nose, and throat specialist yeah. once a year just to have her vocal cords yeah. checked. Yeah, I mean, listen, this is how you make your living. You know, it's like an athlete goes to get, goes to get, you know, hopefully goes to get regular physical exams and works with therapists and things. You know, you have to keep that muscle. It's in shape. It's not a surprise. It's not no. shocking. No. It's just not no. something that they regularly roll out there. That's yeah. not, not. It's not spoke, spoken about. Quite I mean, yet. you see athletes warming up on the field before the game all the time. So Hours it's just, before they just play. sort of, it's yeah. okay. That's part of the deal. But you're not privy to the, you know, me, 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 me backstage <laughs> stuff. Right. And, you know, right. that's part of the image, too. The non-glamorous so. stuff. Yeah. Exactly. Can Peter Gabriel still sing? Uh, as far as we know, and we'll find out, well, you know, on record, everybody, you and all three of us can sing on record. But, yeah, it looks like Peter Gabriel is finally uh, going to be coming out with a new album. It's been 20 years since his last proper album. He had some remake stuff uh, where he, he recorded other people's songs, and they recorded versions of his songs. But it's been 20 years since his last album. And now a couple of things have transpired. One is an inter- one are some photos that Peter Gabriel himself posted of him in the studio with his regular band members. Um, the other is an interview with the drummer, Manu Kache, uh, in France, who he said... Is that they were the bald asking- guy with the long fingers? No, that's Tony Levin. He's oh, okay, sorry. Player. Yeah. Um, but they were, uh, but they were asked, you know, in this interview in France, they asked, "What are you up to?" And he said, "And he said, I'm going to have a new album out with Peter Gabriel at the end of the year, and we're touring the U.S. and Europe in 2023." So that seems definitive. So what? I know what I expect. I expect a like a really pent up 20 years of strange music from Peter Gabriel. I doubt that it's going to be like so, right? You never know. There will be, I'm confident there will be a couple of songs, at least on it, that will be like So or Us or, you know, the, uh, the, the Peter Gabriel that made hits. But yeah, there will be some weirdness too because he's he likes his progressive music. He likes his avant garde music. He's an adventurer and an explorer. So yeah, you can definitely expect, uh, I, I, I kind of expect something all over the map. Now watch, it's going to be like an album of Carpenter's covers or something. <laughs> <laughs> We've only just begun, Peter Gabriel. Yeah, sure. No, I, I think it'll be something in character with what he's done all these years. How will? Uh, how's Julia Garner? How much makeup are they going to have to put on her? I don't think a lot to get her no, to look like Madonna. Definitely an inspired, inspired choice. And Julia Garner, who we all know and love from Ozark, um, has apparently been offered the starring role in this Madonna biopic that Madonna herself is co-writing and I think maybe directing. Um, but she's definitely very involved in it. But uh, she, Julia Garner's the pick, I think an inspired one. And the, the word out of Hollywood is the offer's definitely been made. Uh, she and her team are now considering it. And, and the expectation is she'll accept it. I mean, this will be that step into the movie realm for her and, and, and a good one. She's not going to pull a sissy spacek and sing the music herself, is she? I don't know. They haven't. They haven't talked about that yet. I do know. 
I do know she does sing. She, you know, she does have stage musical experience. Is so she may, much she smaller than uh, Madonna? Oh, She's a tiny person, She's, isn't she? She is slimmer. Okay. Um, certainly now, of course, that's a different story. But I think her build is somewhat slimmer even than Madonna was back at the beginning of her career. But, you know, there's ways to, there's yeah, ways to handle that. Wondered. Yeah, I don't doubt that she can pull this off. She's a great actress. She's a great actress. So and, you know, I don't think that's the problem. It's just a matter of how much act, do they make her look like Madonna. Act taller. Right. 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 Just, you know, make, there will be some makeup done, but I think she's already got the, she's got the base look down. So I don't think they'll have to do all that much to make make it happen. Did you hear the story about? They got uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. to play OJ in yeah. that one crime drama. He's a tiny little Half guy. Size him. Oh yeah. Yeah. Did you hear the story about Jennifer Lopez in the Super Bowl thing well, this yeah, week? This is, uh, so her the film um, Halftime uh, just premiered the other night at Tribeca. It's going to be on Netflix. I think this weekend. It's it's out on Netflix. But yeah, she you know I mean she was very open and forthright about how ticked off she was when they when they said it's going to be you and Shakira. You know, she wanted it all to herself. She felt like it was, a, you know, stupid to have two performers. She herself did not want to share the spotlight. You know, her it con- sounded like she didn't think Shakira could carry her jock. Like, right. I don't need no Shakira out there right. with me. Right. Yeah, and, you know, apparently she was convinced otherwise. Even though, even though it was uh, it was apparently a frosty relationship between the two, but yeah, but no, the documentary is getting some good reviews and some good notice, and apparently it doesn't pull any punches. But like who I said, who was I, signed first on that deal? I believe I believe J Lo. Well, if I was signed, I would think, well, then I got all wrapped up. I got the Super Bowl halftime yeah. show. Didn't they no, have to call not... her and say, oh yeah, and yeah, they had to run Bruno Mars sure. out for uh, for. Uh, mm. uh, who was it? Gwent? Bruno Mars had to be thrown on stage with Coldplay. Coldplay, right. Yeah. And that was a late addition, at least the J Lo thing. It hadn't been announced. So it's like it wasn't announced that it was J Lo and then they added Shakira. It was when it was, you know, they did that behind the scenes and then announced it. Whereas with Coldplay, it was Coldplay for like two months and then, uh oh, uh oh. <laughs> We're gonna. Their album didn't do as well as we thought it was gonna do out of the box. So here's Br- Bruno's gonna bail us out. But they had to coordinate the whole act and everything, the outfits and the, oh, yeah. the songs and all that. You the twerking. That. You can do that without seeing each other yeah. until the second you're on stage at the Super Bowl together. Really? You can, oh yeah. You can get between your teams and everybody and your handlers. You really? Know, what about all the dance moves right, and everything? You would think it's got to be coordinated they can and choreographed. Rehearse you, they can rehearse you on your own with your choreographer doing the other person's dance moves. Really? And then, boom, you get to the rehearsals at the Super Bowl I don't Bowl think site. I do so good. Wow. That's, my I'm, I'm shocked. To, that's shocking to me. You <laughs> should really. Uh, yeah. That's a, that, that, by the way, is not a spoiler alert to anybody. Okay. Um, I saw the story about uh, Jim Seals passing away this week from Seals yeah. and Crofts, and they had a picture of Dash Crofts up, uh, and not Jim Seals in right, the story. Yeah. I thought, boy, that's... Uh... Yeah, which one Seals? That's been bouncing around. But yeah, people were more sad about that than I think anybody intended, because it's been a long time since Seals and Crofts mattered. I mean, I think their last album was, what, 2004, and 
The last one before that was 90-something, so, you know. They just uh, went into the woodwork. They went off and did sail rock tours yeah. and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, you right? mentioned the Carpenters earlier, yeah. and that's the same right. category right. to yeah, me. Yeah, but, you know, they still listen. We all still love uh, Summer Breeze and Diamond Girls, and we shall never pass this way again. There is a legacy act out. It's called Seals and Cross 2, and it's uh, Jim's cousin, Brady Seals, and Dash Cross' daughter, Lua, and they perform the Seals and Cross stuff. Uh, how old was he? He was 80. And, and he'd been in poor health for the last few right. years, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, again, uh, what's, what's been interesting is seeing, so, okay, these guys were in the Champs, the band that recorded Tequila, but they did not record on Tequila. They, uh, they came in afterwards, but okay. I hear, I've read and heard all sorts of news reports <laughs> gonna, about, you know, oh, yeah, guys, he was on Tequila. No, he wasn't. He played it a bunch of times. I was just going to say that. So they're on Tequila? They're not on They were in the band that recorded Tequila, but not till later. Also, Bon Jovi's. Bass player, yeah. original bass player. Yeah, Alec, Alec John such passed away at uh, 70. Uh, he was older than most of the guys in the band, and he was with the band from its inception for and for its first five albums. Um, no Bad Blood, he just left. Like I say, he was a little bit older uh, than the other guys. Played a big part in the, in the band, though. He was the guy, according to John Bon Jovi, who brought Richie Zambora to see Bon Jovi back in the in the early '80s, and Richie, of course, joined the band and became an integral part of that. So uh, you know, and, and they did make sure he was inducted with the band in, into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And I remember talking to him that night, and he was grateful and gracious, and just having a great time. You know, so I think there was yeah, there was no real animosity here, nothing nothing bad. He just he just reached a point where he he didn't want to be in in the big touring rock band anymore. He said did he uh, go off and I don't know build houses or did he just retire? He did some no, he did some some house you know some you know work and he did some musical work too. Um, but you know he he laid low. He was not a you know he did not do the solo album or form a new band or anything. Yeah. He said okay. when Bon Jovi started to feel like work, he knew it was time to get out because he yeah. never wanted to work. Yeah. <laughs> he was and like, the other, I'm, you know, you know, guys, I'm out. One of the little secrets in Bon Jovi too is their current bassist uh, Hugh McDonald actually had played on a lot of those albums too. He was with he was with he was on some of Bon Jovi's very first recordings. You know, back when he okay. was on Bon so, Jovi. And then he remained kind of in the mix throughout. So he's a comfortable character for them then. Oh, yeah, very much so. All right. And we'll finish up with this. Uh, Robert De Niro is a, I won't say big Taylor Swift fan, but he's a fan. Yeah, they are. So this goes back to the Tribeca Film Festival. Excuse me, they just call it the Tribeca Festival um, now. But he's the founder and, you know, remains very involved in it. And there's a Taylor Swift short film. That's part of that's part of the festival this year. So you know, De Niro was asked about it, and, and he basically said he has all her records. He's the way he put it. He says, "I'm not not a fan. I probably hear her music and like it on the radio." Okay, so, all right. So that's kind of cool. You know, I, I think if you're Taylor, you get you get a kick out of the fact that Bob De Niro is not not a fan. I think if it's on, he knows it's Taylor Swift, but I doubt that he ever goes to his it, Taylor Swift playlist. Probably not. And was it Britney that didn't know who, or, or Ed O'Neill didn't know who Britney Spears was? Yes. Right. Yes. Okay. That's, That's kind of the same kind of thing going on there. But. A little bit, except you know, except the Nero knows 
right. Taylor better than Ed O'Neill knew Brittany. Right. All right, Gary, we're out of time. All right, you guys have a great week ahead. <laughs>